says amen. Amen. He is a way maker. Amen. He is our healer. He is everything. Is that right? Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, that's who he is. Amen. He is my God and he is your God. Amen. And he's worthy of all of our praise tonight. Is that right? He is. I don't know why you came tonight, but that's why I'm here. Amen. To give him some praise and honor him and glorify him and thank him for all that he's done for us. Amen. I hear people sometimes say, why should I praise God? He's not done anything for me. Well, if you're alive, He's done something for you, amen? If you've got the health that you have, no matter how bad it is, He's done something for you. If you get to go home tonight and you're in a warm place, He's done something for you, amen? If you get to leave here tonight and you get to eat something that fills your stomach, He's done something for you, amen? Regardless of whether it's crackers, regardless of whether it's T-bone steak, it does not matter. God is our provider. He is our healer. He is our rock and our shield and our fortress. Amen. And in Him do we trust. Is that right? That's the God that we serve. Amen. He is a way maker. He is. He's everything. And I can assure you that without Him, we wouldn't be anything. Is that right? We wouldn't be anything. Amen. That's the God that you and I serve. What an awesome song. What a way to... What a way to to worship God on a Wednesday night. He truly is. And in a world where everything seems to be going chaotic and that it's so out of control, I can assure you tonight that God is in control. Amen? I know that because the Bible tells me that. None of this has taken Him by surprise. Is that right? Our government, any other government in the world, it does not matter. They're not in control. God's in control. He's in control. So let me remind you what Jesus said to His apostles in John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen? Let not your heart be troubled. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, don't, don't let your heart be troubled. Only look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Knowing that He's in control. And that if He's in control, that He's got you and I in the palm of His hands. And He's going to take care of us because He promised us He would. Amen? That is something that I know you and I can, we can put our confidence and trust in when you can't put it in nothing else. That, my friends, is the peace that passes all understanding that the Bible mentions. That's what it is. It's knowing that you serve a God that loves us unconditionally. And if He loved us enough to lay His life down, He loves us enough to make sure that our life is extended. Amen? And protected. Above all else, the most important thing to God is you and I. Amen? He loves us. Not the angels, not the cherubims, not the seraphims. Yes, He loves them. He created them. But the Bible says that you and I, we're the apple of His eye. We're His crown creation because we were created in His image, Sister Lynn. His image. And if our, the Bible says if our earthly fathers love us enough to give us good things, how much more does our heavenly Father love us? Amen. Amen. We just need to trust Him. Just trust Him. That's free didn't cost you anything. In 1 Peter chapter 4 tonight, I want to read a passage of Scripture. The title of this message tonight is Just Be. Just Be. 1 Peter 4 and 8, the Bible says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because love has already covered a multitude of sins. Is that right? God is love, the Bible says. And because of His love, He gave His life for us. And that love, which was unconditional, covered all the sins of the world if we'll just accept it. Is that right? Above all else, He says, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Heavenly Father, once again, it's just an honor to be in your house and gosh, just feel your presence here tonight, Lord, so great. Thankful for your anointing tonight, Lord, upon this message. Really wasn't sure where we were going with this tonight, but I think I got an idea. I just thank you so much for it, Lord, and you're just so gracious to us, Lord, to allow us to hear your word. You're so good to us, allow us to come into a warm place to be able to lift our voices in unison to you, God, and to thank you and to tell you how much we appreciate you. 
Lord, I just ask tonight, Lord, that everything that's said and done, everything that's spoken from each person's mouth, Lord, would be to edify your great name, not to tear down your name and not to tear down each other, but God, just to simply love on you tonight. And God, I just pray that as we love on you, that you would love back on us and that you would teach us your word tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would plant it deep in our hearts. God, that we might not sin against you. But Father, that we could call on that word at some point in time this week or some point in time in our lifetime, that it would just resonate in our lives and help us through a situation that we may be facing. Help us, Lord, to just be as we're learning about here tonight. And God, we'll be sure to praise you and honor you and thank you for all things. In fact, God, we do thank you. We thank you tremendously for all that you do for us. In Jesus, your Son and our soon-coming King's matchless and powerful and awesome name, Jesus. We ask all of these things. And once again, all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise as you take your seat tonight. We'll dismiss our children tonight, their teachers. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ralph, you and your beautiful wife, good to have you again. Amen. Good to have you. All the way from North Greenwood Church of God, associate pastor. I told you that last week, and he's going to be speaking on Sunday night, and uh, so I'm hoping to go see him uh, this coming Sunday night and, and just uh, represent uh, uh, just him and, and, and the Lord and all he has for him, and looking forward to being there, brother. If you have your Bible, want to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, as we said tonight, put your finger on verse 1. We're going to work our way through a few of these tonight, 1 through 13. As I said to you, the title of the message that God has given to me tonight is Just Be, with an exclamation point. I call that an exciting mark. Amen? Amen. Just be, right? So it's not just be. It is just be. Amen? Just be. In a time where slogans are big, just do it. Is that right? But just be. I think it's important that we understand to just be. Let me read to you here. <clears throat> well, let me say this first. There was a a very known playwright, his name was William Shakespeare, and he wrote a play called Hamlet. Y'all remember that play, Hamlet? In that play, the character, the leading character, Prince Hamlet, makes this statement, to be or not to be. Is that right? That is the question, to be or not to be. And you, if you're like me, you ask yourself, what's he even talking about, to be or not to be? And so you got to break that down a little bit, and the word be simply means to have to have a, a reality of or an actuality or to exist or to live, right? To be real. To be means that we exist. It means that you must be here. You are living if you are here, right? To be means that you are occupying a place. So you exist. It means a reality. It means, in essence, truth. Amen? That's what it means. To be or not to be. To be truthful or not to be truthful. To, to be... Truthful to our own selves. Is that right? That's what it means. To be or not to be. So when late, God laid this on my heart, just be. Just be. Right? Just live. Just, just be in reality. Just be real. Right? Just be truthful. That's what the message was that He laid on my heart. We're going to take a look at it here for just a moment tonight. As I said to you in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1-13, through 13, we're going to look at this. And again, this is um, the Apostle Peter here speaking and as God laid it on his heart to do it. But I think in a time that we live, there's not a whole lot of accountability. There's not a whole lot of reality. Is that right? Uh, we, we see a lot of reality TV shows, but I want you to know that it's not reality. Amen? It's not. Those things are just as, just as made up, and there's playwrights to those things as anything else. It's really not a reality TV show. It's only real to a certain degree, but people understand that we must be entertained. Is that right? So the reality of that show isn't enough to keep us entertained for long, so they have to keep changing the plot, all right? So there's not a lot of reality. There's not a lot of, of truth, if you will, in the world that we live today. In fact, there's not a whole lot of living in the world. We're living, but we're really not living. Is that right? We're just existing. We're going through the motions, but the reality, as the definition of to be or be is, is that we're really not living, Okay? And so the, 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 the writer here, First Peter, or Peter rather, digs into this in First Peter chapter 4. And that's what I want us to talk about here today because if there's ever been a time that Christians need to be real, it's today. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's the truth. Amen? Whether we believe it or not, that's the truth. 
as I've said many, many times, the world is looking for Christians to be truthful. The world is looking for Christians to just be. Is that right? They really are. They're looking for us to just be what we say we are. Just be, in fact, what this says we are. Amen? So let me ask you a question. If you see a lion and you didn't know it was a lion, and you saw that funny-looking creature that looks like somebody took him by the tail and just pulled him forward and all of his hair went to his face. Is that right? Funny-looking little dude, is he not? That's how I know God's got a sense of humor. Okay, And you didn't know what that was. You didn't know it was a lion. And you looked at it and you thought, hey, Siri... Is that right? Or you may say Alexa, or you may even just Google it yourself. You're going to look and see what that thing truly is. Is that right? You're going to look it up, and it's going to say, first of all, run. If you encounter this lion, run. It will eat you. So the first thing you're going to learn is, uh-oh, you know this is not a friendly dude, especially if he's hungry, or she's hungry, whichever one. But since we're talking about the man, we'll say the man, right? The boy lion, if you will. Simba. Okay? So you're going to look it up and you're going to say, now what is this? And it's going to say it's a lion. You're going to say, what is a lion? And then you're going to read about it. You're going to learn about its tendencies. You're going to do all those things. Now what if that lion that you've read about, that you've studied about, what if that lion begins to act like a zebra? Well, we'd be real confused, would we not? We'd also be dead. Because you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to walk up to this lion and go to rub on him, right? And pet him like you would a horse or a zebra, right? So you're going to learn real quick that what it says it is is not what it says it is. And that's what's happening today in our world. Christian people are saying that we're one thing and people are reading about what we should be, but when they see us, they don't see what we're supposed to be. Oh, Amen? Because the reality is we're not really real, okay, in some cases. Not everybody, but I'm just saying as a whole. You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, let me read you the definition one more time. It means to have, a, to have reality, right, or accountability, it means to exist. It means to live, right? It means that you and I are, 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 are supposed to be real and truthful. Okay? And so people are really confused. They're confused. They see one thing, but, they're, but something else is, 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 not, is taking place, but it doesn't match this word, which causes the world to be in chaos, which is what you and I are seeing today. So if there's ever been a time that we need to stand and be true, it's now because people's lives are counting on it. People really want you and I to be real because they want to believe in a God that they've heard about. How can they believe in a God that they've heard about when you and I are supposed to be Christians that have God in us and we're not real? See what I'm saying? They say, well, see, I told you it was not reality. Okay? It wasn't reality. Now, I'm not saying that you and I are perfect. We're not. But we should strive to be perfect and we should strive to be what this Bible says we should be. Is that right? So let's read in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 through 13, now that we have the essence of it all today. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. I'm going to read it, and then we'll back up and take a look at a few things. The first six verses I want to, I want to read and stop and talk about. The Bible says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind that we should suffer in this flesh. Why do bad things happen to good people? We've got to walk through some valleys sometimes. Amen? We've got to endure some things. Doesn't the Bible say that Christians should be long-suffering? Is that right? That's what it says. So he said we should arm ourselves also with the same mind as Christ. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Okay? When you and I persecute the flesh, when you and I, when we, when we crucify the flesh then it says that we have ceased from sin and now we are following Christ. Amen. Amen? We've walked away from childish, foolish things and we are now following truth. And Jesus said that He was truth. Amen? So the Bible here, the writer Peter is simply saying that we've got to crucify that old man and that we've got to walk forward in Christ. Okay? That the Bible says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Amen? We shouldn't, we shouldn't walk any longer in the lust of the flesh, but we should, we should be walking to, 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 to accomplish the will of God. I believe the writer in one particular passage says that when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Right? I thought as a child. I acted as a child, in other words. But he said, 
But when he, when he grew up, he became a man. He did away with what? Childish things. Okay? So we as Christians got to put away worldly, fleshly, lustful things. Those are things that we did when we didn't understand and when we didn't know and when we didn't have a relationship with Christ. In order for us to be, we've got to understand these first few verses. In verse 3 he said, For we have spent enough of our past... Now listen to me. Y'all get a hold of this now, okay? This is in the New King James Version. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, sinners. We have spent enough of our past lifetime. Guys, we have sinned enough for a lifetime. Amen? And Christ has died and gave His life for us. That we now are separated from sin and we have life with Him. And to go back to those things is not what He's telling us here in 1 Peter 4. He says we've got to walk away from them. We've spent enough time with those things. In fact, he said a lifetime in doing the will of sin or Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. We've spent enough time back there, right? Let me ask you a question. Have you spent enough time in sin? Amen? I'm going to ask it again. Have you spent enough time in sin? I have. I've spent enough for a lifetime. I've done some things that I'm not proud of. I've done some things that if you knew about it, you wouldn't want me to be your pastor. Amen? I'm telling you the truth. In fact, I would tell you that everybody in here could say the same thing. Right? Because I know that went through somebody's mind just saying, oh boy, oh boy, he, he said he was. Well, neither are you. Amen? None of us are really, we are, all we are are sinners saved by grace. Amen? Amen? We've done things in our past, but the thing is they're in our past. And he said, there's been enough of that done. Now we need to focus on the will of the Father. In verse 4, he said, in regard to these things, they think it's strange, speaking of the people we used to run with, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of, of dis, dis, dissipation, excuse me, speaking evil of you. Right? The friends that you used to run with, you don't run with now. People talk bad about you. Is that right? They find it strange that you're no longer with them, right? All of a sudden now you are holier than thou. You ever been called that? If you have, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> they will give an account to him, speaking of God, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Right? Vengeance isn't ours, it belongs to God. For this season, or for this reason rather, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to God and the Spirit. So just be. The first six verses here just means that we just need to be accountable. Amen, as I said to you. That's what it means, to just be accountable. To live it, to believe it, and never question it. Amen? Because truth never changes. In fact, here's the thing I want you to see. Truth does not, ex ex does not stop existing to be truth just because we don't believe it. Amen? Did you hear what I said? I want to say that one more time. In order for us to just be accountable, we just got to make sure we understand to just live it, this word, to believe it, right? To not question it, because truth never changes. The reality of it is, truth will not stop being truth just because we don't believe it. Listen to me. This doesn't change just because we don't believe it. Amen? God doesn't change just because we don't believe it. If we're going to be, we got to do, we got to be accountable. Accountable to what? Not accountable to all the powers that be, but accountable to this power, amen, to God and what He says. Now the Bible says that we got to obey those who have rule over us in the Lord, that's for sure. Right? Obey the law of the land, but it can't supersede God's law. Amen? You with me? So to be, to be a Christian, we got to be accountable accountable to this word and everything that it says in it. And we got to quit questioning it. People want to, now I'm not talking about questioning God because you don't understand it. I'm talking about questioning God because you don't want to understand it. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not preaching you in general. I'm talking about the church worldwide. You see what I'm saying? Christians, all of us. Okay? It doesn't stop being the truth just because we don't believe it. He's still God. Amen? Question Him if you don't understand it, but when you understand it, quit questioning. Just be. Amen? Just be a Christian. Just be accountable. Okay? I think if you get nothing else out of this message today, that's the overwhelming thing that God was speaking to me was Mark, just be a child of God. Amen? Yes. 
Quit trying, to, quit trying to find ways around things. Quit trying to, to help people and go, well, you know, I see what you're saying. And, well, I just don't want, let me just tell you what it says. And tiptoeing around, right? My dad used to call it pussyfooting around. You ever hear anybody say that? Meaning we're just kind of easing around, right? We're just kind of tiptoeing around the tulips, if you will. But the reality is, Kathy Payne, she was a, a leader in the Church of God of Prophecy years ago. I guess she's still there. But she was preaching a message during a general assembly one time. And man, the, the power of God was all over this woman. She was running around in stilettos. Amen. You hear me? Never broken ankle. I'd have been in traction. But the Holy Ghost was all over that lady. She, I remember her eyes looked like they were on fire. And she walked across that stage and came down off that stage. And she got over toward the side where I was at. And she said, nail it in. Amen. Preach the truth. Teach the truth. Be accountable to the Word of God. Amen. But more importantly, in our own lives. Live it. Amen. Live what it says. Here's what I've learned. If I live this, it does more talking than me trying to preach to you today. Amen. If I'm living it, it speaks louder than anything I can say to you. And it speaks louder than anything that you can say to somebody else. Her whole message was she made a mistake one time and she tiptoed around the tulips with a good friend of hers asking him, did he know the Lord? And she said he was in a terrible, terrible accident and he died and she never had the opportunity to make sure that he knew Jesus Christ. Although she spoke to him several times about it. And she said the Holy Ghost just, just, just gave her a big old whipping for it and reminded her, nail it in every chance you get. You never promise you're going to stand in front of somebody a second time. Make sure you take care of it the first time. Amen? Amen? Amen. Take care of it the first time. But more importantly, make sure that we're living the thing right, right? That we're living this word right. There's a reason that God gave it to us not to make us miserable people, not, 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 not that we don't have fun, right? But that He understands that these things will hurt us. They cause, they cause our bodies to fail. They cause relationships to fail, right? It causes us to lose our children and our wives and our husbands and our jobs. It causes us great pain when we walk away from the Word of God. And He knows that, and that's why He put it in here. This isn't a book of rules. It's a book of love. Amen? That's what it is. For God so loved. That's why this is in front of you and I. Amen? So to just be, we must be accountable to God and His Word. Verse 7. Verse 7 goes on, and this is what it says. But the end of all things is at hand. Can I get an amen? amen? Therefore, I love what the translation in the New King James is, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Amen? Be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be sober-minded. Be completely sincere. The days of now I lay me down to sleep are over. Amen? We got to be serious with God. You with me? So we have to be accountable. We have to be sober-minded if we're really going to be who we're supposed to be with Christ. If we're really going to be children of God, we've got to get serious about our walk with Him. Is that right? We've got to really take it serious. Why are we here? I mean, are we, chil- are we being children of God? Or are we being Christians so that we can occupy a space in the church? Are we being Christians so we have some political clout in our communities? Are we being Christians, right, so that we can hold a particular office in church and get paid for it, right? Whatever the reason is, there's people that have multiple reasons why they want to be a Christian. But the number one reason that we should be a Christian is, is that we love God and that we love people. And, right, and if we love God and we love people, the seriousness of the Word of God simply is this. Go ye into all nations, right? And He tells us that we are to teach those people and that we are to do what? baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, meaning that we're supposed to tell them about Christ and that they get saved and that we, that we help them find a relationship with Christ. That is the sincerity and the seriousness of the gospel. Amen? All those other things that are in there, it all points to salvation, does it not? That's what a child of God is. We are disciples of Christ. We are followers of Christ. He is the teacher. We are the followers, right? And then He commissions us to now take what you've learned and go tell somebody else. Right? And take it serious when you do so. Amen? Think about the time that's wasted. And, and we see people. I've got a funeral I'm going to help with this week. I don't even know who the person is. Called me from Blith Funeral Home and said, can you help me? Can you help me? Didn't have a whole lot of family. Didn't have a, a preacher. Don't even know the fella. Right? Don't have a clue. But it's people like it's things like that. You preach funeral after funeral and you're thinking, my gosh, I wonder if somebody talked to him about Jesus. See, I could do this funeral. I have no idea. No idea. But I can sure talk to the people that's going to be there. Is that right? That's what we're there for. That's why we're there, to tell people Jesus loves you. Amen? And when this life is over, it's not over. It just begins. 
Amen? So we just got to be. We got to be accountable to the Word of God, and we got to be serious about what we're doing. Is that right? I mean, take it serious. It's not just about the food that we come and eat. It's not just about being a part of foundations and men's ministry, women's ministry. All those things are wonderful. But the reason we go to foundations and men's ministries and women's ministries and, and couples and children's camps and all these things is that we have an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Is that right? And when you're in Bilo, well, it ain't Bilo no more, food line. Or wherever you are, look for the opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Is that right? That's why we're here. I mean, you've heard me say it many times. We're not here to look good in our Calvin Kleins. Come on, somebody. We're not here to look good. In, we're not, that's not why we were put here. We were put here to show forth the praises, the Bible says, of Him who sent us, who called us, who delivered us out of darkness and gave us this marvelous light. Amen. Is that right? That's why we're here. In good times and in bad. In difficult times and in wonderful times. Right? In good health and in bad health. Whatever it is. We're to show forth the praises of God. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but if you can see me sometimes when I'm sick, my wife says I'm a baby. I am. And, and I pout a lot. And I do those types of things. And, and, and I just think to myself after I'm, it's all said and done and she gets on me and I know she's right. I look back and I think to myself, I wonder what them people thought about me. Right? If you're in an emergency room and you're feeling bad, right? let's use kidney stones because I know what I'm talking about with those. I'm telling you now, I'm not real pleasant with a kidney stone at all. And I get to thinking to myself, once the pain's gone and I'm feeling better about myself and then I get my head back on straight, I think to myself, I wonder if those people, they knew, they, I'm in the hospital a lot, so a lot of them know me as, as that I'm a pastor. I wonder if they still walking there going, there ain't no pastor right there. <laughs> right? I didn't show the light of love there. I don't know what I showed, but it wasn't the light of love. Showed my hiney, but not my light of love. Amen? And I ain't talking about that gown. I'm just talking about spiritually. So we have to be serious about who we are in Christ. Very serious. I think about Brother Johnny Henley. The man was serious about Jesus in some of the worst and darkest times of his life. I visited him in the hospital a few times and I was blown away by the smile on his face, the loving touch and his kind word, and the wonderful praise that he put on the people that took care of him every day. Every day. I watched him do it, so I know it to be true. Never once seen an ugly side of him in the hospital all the way to the last time I saw him in the ICU unit and prayed with him. Never saw anything other than the light of Christ. Amen? Man took it serious. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So just be. In verse 8 and 9, let's read that together. In order for us to just be who God wants us to be, to really be, to have a reality about who we are, to get serious about God, to do more than just exist, but to live. Amen? We have to be loving and merciful. In 8 and 9, eight and nine of 1 Peter 4, and above all things, as I read to you, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be, he says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Mm. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Boy, that's tough, ain't it? It's tough. But if we're going to be and just be Christians, children of God, it's important for us to be loving and merciful. The Bible says that in order for us to receive mercy, we've got to do what? Give mercy. Is that right? In order to receive love, you've got to do what? Give love. Is that right? But in the world we live today, it's all about receive and not give. Is that right? Somebody needs to love me. Isn't that right? Somebody needs to respect me. Somebody needs to be merciful to me. It's all about me. But that's not the way the Bible works. It's not about me. He said, deny yourself first. Is that right? So Jesus is the opposite of what the world says. Is that not right? In order for us to just be Christians, we've got to just get out of our own way. 
And we got to make sure that it's not about us, right? Because too many times, I can't tell you the times that I've spoke to people that are teaching and preaching. And they don't take me long to figure out that they want to be up front when the biggest crowd's going to be there. They don't want to preach on Wednesday night because Wednesday night the church ain't full. Amen? Amen, somebody? Y'all ain't been around some of the people I've been around. I've had some folks tell me, hey, can I preach on Sunday? I said, no, you're going to preach on Wednesday. Is that right? It's just as important on Wednesday as it is on Sunday. But see, but see the difference is, is there ain't a lot of people there. So it tells me they want to be seen, not, not let Him be seen. Is that right? Come on. That's the problem with the world today, right? It's about me. They're just being me, not Him. In order for us to just be Christians, we've got to deny this person first and love everybody else and be merciful to everybody else and make it about everybody else, not about us. Is that right? Do you know somebody like that, a child of God that you could say truly, it wasn't ever about them, it was always about somebody else? When you went to somebody and said, how you doing? You know they were having a miserable time. You know their health was failing. You know they were going through a battle in their marriage or whatever it might have been. And they real quick deflected that and they just said, I'm okay. Well, how about you? And it goes all back to you, right? And they get away from themselves. That's what we got to be. To deny ourselves sounds easy, but it's not the easiest thing you'll ever do in your life. Because we love some me. Look at your neighbor and say, I love me. <laughs> now most everybody just looked at you can say that. They can tell you love you. They look at all the time you spent getting that face right and that hair did and them fingernails did and spending all that money on these nice clothes. I even got on a Peter Miller thing. I say Miller and that's why my kids make fun of me. First time I ever saw one, I was given one and I said, oh, Peter Miller, who's that? And I was corrected real quick. It was Millar. I don't even know who Peter Millar is. But I know it costs a lot. Right? So we can tell we love some me, is that right? But how much do we love him? Is that right? Do we love him enough to deny ourselves and make it about him and others? Well, preacher, I don't believe that that's what God would have me to do. He knows I need to look right my best when I come in the house of God. He said, love God and love your neighbor. These are the two greatest commandments. Amen? So it ain't ever about us. It's about Him. So in order for us to just be, and to just be the child of God that He wants us to be, we've got to be accountable, we've got to take serious what we're doing, and we've got to show mercy and have love for our fellow man and for God. In verse 10 and 11, let me read these to you. We just need to be evangelistic. Amen? We need to be evangelistic. Yes. Verse 10 and verse 11. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak with the, with the oracles of God, with the voice of God. Led by God, not by man. Amen. Okay? Oracle simply means the oracles of God. That is, is His word, not ours. Amen? Come on. To give... Give it, right, because to whom much is given, the Bible says, much is required. Is that right? As God gives to us more, then there's more required of us to give to somebody else. And make sure that when we speak, that it is of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever. Amen. So if we're going to just be, and we're just going to be these Christians that God wants us to be, we've got to be evangelistic. We've got to make sure that we're preaching the Word of God in season and out of season. Yes. Anytime, right? All the time. Be ready, right? Because God will give you an opportunity. Make sure that you're prayed up and that you're ready. I hear people all the time say, Preacher, I don't know. There's no way. I don't know. I'll freeze when it comes to talking to somebody about the Lord. I hope nobody asks me. What a terrible thing for a child of God to say. Amen. Is that right? When you get saved, you want people to come. You want to tell them about Jesus, right? I remember the first time I got saved, I couldn't wait to tell somebody about what Jesus done for me. Amen? I didn't know a whole lot about the Bible, but I know Jesus loved me, and I know He saved me from sin. Amen? And I felt the presence of God, and I was not doomed to an eternal hell. I knew that. Amen? And I knew there was a change in my life. I could not explain it. I couldn't tell you what Scripture to go to, but I could tell you something changed. Amen? 
And a child of God, we should desire that. We shouldn't be fearful of talking to people about Jesus. He said here, just do it with what you've been supplied with. If you've ever said that, right, I just don't know what to say. He said, just say what I tell you to say. Is that right? Amen. You've been supplied with everything that you're going to need as a child of God. Amen. If you've got Christ in you, guess who's going to come out when you open them lips? Jesus. If he's in, he will come out. Is that right? He'll come out. Just be willing and be ready. Now, he does tell us to study to show ourselves approved, but workmen need to not be ashamed. Is that right? So we need to study, but you're not ever going to have all the answers. You're going to run up on somebody that's going to ask you something that you've never dealt with before, and you're going to just go, you're either going to panic or you're just going to let it go. Right? We all need to be little else's. Just let it go. Let it go. Is that right? Let the Spirit of God speak for you. Amen? He'll speak. Just be a willing vessel. Evangelistic. Amen? That's what He called us to do. I hear people say all the time, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. Yes, you are. According to the Bible, we're all teachers. We're all called to go tell somebody about Him, right? That's what we are. Every one of us. He tells us that, that, that we're all those, we're all priests, right? We're all, we have Christ who is the high priest and He's leading us and He's going to give us what He needs us to say. Just be ready, right? Just be. Be accountable. Be serious. Be loving and merciful. Be ready. Be an evangelist. An evangelist, man, if you ever, do you ever mind, anybody ever know an evangelist? Do y'all know any? Well, I don't have to tell you, they like to talk. Is that right? Man, evangelists, when they wake up in the morning, I think it's just, it's coming, right? And they just, it's just going, right? They're going to say, they're going to tell somebody, that's, you watch them go down the road, they're going to talk to that cow out there about Jesus, right? The Bible said he calls some evangelists, he calls some preachers, he calls some teachers, right? And evangelists, man, they just can't wait. They're just burning it up, right? And he tells us to do so. He said, be that way, right? Get out there and with the, with the ability that God's given you, use it for the glory of God. Let me say this, if I get it right. Knowledge that is attained but not used is a tragedy. Amen? You can read this thing all day long and you can, you can know it backwards and forwards and you can quote it, but if you never speak it to somebody, what good is it? Is that right? There's a reason we learn this thing. It ain't just so we can say, well, I've read the Bible ten times and I know it backwards and forwards. Well, the first question I got is, have you applied it to your life first of all? And number two, are you using it to help somebody else apply it to their lives? That's what we're called to do. Read it, apply it to our lives, and give it to somebody else and encourage them to apply it to their lives. Is that not what discipleship is? Evangelistic. So in order to be, to be what we're supposed to be, in order to just not exist but to live a, a, a life that's thriving in Christ... We've got to be evangelistic because it's going to get us excited. You're going to learn more and you ain't going to just sit on that pew. Amen? In order for us to just be and to be that child of God that He wants us to be, read verse 12 and 13. I said to you earlier, we've got to be long-suffering. In verse 12 and 13, Peter said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Don't think it strange. Don't wonder what's going on. Don't sit around and just question in your mind because you're never going to figure it out. Just trust God. He said, don't count it strange concerning that fiery trial. Now, he didn't say trial. Look at your neighbor and say fiery. Now, there's some passion behind that word, is it not? He didn't say lukewarm trial. He didn't say cool trial. He said, this thing was going to be burning. Amen? It is passionate. It is a difficult trial that you're going to be going through. He said, don't find it strange concerning this trial, this fiery trial which is to try you as though some, some strange thing happened to you. Man, this thing just hit me out of nowhere. Is that right? I don't know what happened. I was reading my Bible. Everything was going great and bang. Isn't that right? My world was turned upside down. And people just, we get in a little corner, a thumb in our mouth, right? We're like, I don't know what happened. But I'm not going to move from right here. I'm scared that if I move, something else is going to jump on me. Isn't that right? And we want to sit in that corner. Here's what we'll say. Just leave me alone. I need my God time. That's what we'll say. What we really mean is I don't know what to do, and I ain't moving. Because last time I moved in the direction of God, all hell broke loose. 
Is that right? And we don't know what happened. So we're going to wait till it jumps off of us and we're going to run. That's what we're really saying. He said, don't find it strange when it happens to you. Listen what he says next now. But rejoice. What? <laughs> Are you serious, God? Is that right? Don't count it strange. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't count. It's not a strange thing. In fact, he said, get up and shout. Now that's where us holiness people confuse people. Is that right? I mean, it's confusing. I can't tell you the people that I've, I've had tell me about that before. Like we're, you see people run around shouting and praising God and they were just diagnosed with some terrible illness. Is that right? And somebody's like, well, what are they excited about? I think of you, Sister Lynn, when they told you that terrible... I remember those times. You, you remember you went to the Mayo Clinic out there. Was it Minnesota? Minnesota. I mean, you'd have thought she won the lottery. <laughs> Sister Lynn was like, this is great. I have an opportunity to witness for the Lord. I remember that. And she went out there and done just that, did you not? Unbelievable. Right? We get excited about it when God does something like that. But he said, don't count it strange. Get up and rejoice. Praise God. Amen. Why? Because whatever, he's, whatever is happening to you is to bring praise and glory and honor to Him. Amen? That's what we forget about. We forget about it. I think about, you know what I went through in my heart there, and praise God, it's a lot better than it was. God's taking care of that. But I remember when I was going through it, it was like, ain't nobody else cares about me but me, and I'm dying. When the reality is, it wasn't evil at all. It was just a little old flutter thing. Now, I guess it could turn into something worse, but to me, it was the end of the world. Right? And I'm supposed to be in there telling people about Jesus, and instead I'm over a panic going, just tell me when it's going to be, Doc. Is that right? I need to get my house in order. You know what I'm saying? And I'm supposed to be in there rejoicing and praising God and looking at somebody and saying, you know what? If this is where it's going to end, praise God, I've been blessed. Amen? I've been blessed. My 92-year-old grandmother, which is Joel's grandmother, she's really my grandmother-in-law, but I adopted her. Actually, she adopted me. She used to say that all the time. I said, Granny, how you doing? She said, I'm blessed. Amen? She said all the time, I'm blessed. All the while, I know what she was going through, but I also understood she was 110% right. 92. First blessing. Amen? Wonderful son as a child. Saved, knew the Lord in heaven. Wonderful grandchildren. Wonderful great-grandchildren. All of them loved the Lord. Right? Had everything in life. She was blessed. Amen? Truly blessed. So he says... Don't count as strange. Rejoice. To the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. You remember Paul said that, did he not? He talked about the suffering. If he suffered in this life for Christ, he said, man, what a way to go. Amen? What a way to go. He says that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. When you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, don't find it strange. Just rejoice, understanding that what you're going through, Christ is going to be with you, and when you come out on the other end, you're going to be victorious. Amen. And God's going to receive glory, and it's going to be wonderful, I'm telling you. Amen. I tell people that all the time. I say, just hang on. Hang on. When you get to the end of that road, I promise you, there's not a fork there. There's a hand of God waiting on you to take you to the next step. Amen. Amen? There's not a train at the end of the tunnel when you see that light. That's the light of Christ, I promise you. Amen. Satan's going to tell you to run because it's a train. No, it's Jesus. Rejoice. Amen? So just be. Just be. That's what God's called us to do. To just live. When we give our life to Him, guys, we need to follow His Word and do our best to love everybody. Now I know how hard it is to love everybody. It ain't easy. But you can love them. You can love them. If you can't love them with talking to them, love them just by living Christ in front of them. Don't run from them. Try to be around them. Try to win them over. Is that right? Live our lives first. Let me say this last thing. I think in order for us to be the, the message he gave me tonight, to really sum all this up, in order to just be or to just be a child of God, the reality is we just need to be. You, I, all of us just need to be who we say we are. God will take care of the rest. If we're children of God like we're supposed to be, he'll open doors for us to talk to somebody about him. Amen? If we're who we're supposed to be with Christ, everything's going to work out for our good because the Bible says it would. Is that right? We don't have to fear. We don't have to fret like the world frets. 
the Bible says Jesus told him, He said, look, this peace that I'm going to leave to you is not the peace that the world gives. It's peace that Jesus gives. It's peace of understanding that you win and that I win. In fact, we've already won. The valley you're walking through, He's going to pick you up and bring you right out of it. But listen to this. I want you to see this picture. We all want to be on the mountaintop. Is that right? Um, come on, let's be honest. We all want to be on the pinnacle. We want to be on the cutting edge. We want the tip of the spear. That's where all of us want to be. We are striving in all our lives. We are doing what? Climbing that little mountain. Y'all ever seen it on the prices, right? That little guy's yodeling. He's getting to the top of the mountain. That's us. All our lives, we're just, trying to, we're just trying to reach the goal. We're trying to get to the pinnacle. Lord, I don't want to be in the... Lord, take me to the mountaintops. Get me to the mountaintops. We sing songs about the mountaintops. But I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been to something bigger than the Appalachian Mountains? You ever been to the Rockies? You ever been to... You ever been, been, out, been, out, been out of this country to another, another country? The mountains are much taller than our mountains. Here's what I've learned. On the top of those mountains, it's extremely cold up there. The altitude changes. Right? It's hard. You have no air up there. Henceforth, there's not a whole lot of life up there. When you look at that mountaintop, it's beautiful from the ground looking up. You say, oh, how majestic. But from up top, it's not that beautiful. There's not anything growing. There's not a lot of grass. It's just rocks and snow and dirt. A few, a few mountain goats, if you will, or whatever may be up there. There's not a lot up there. It's hard. To, there's a reason we don't stay up there because life can't be sustained there. You know where life is? Get up on top of that mountain, look back down. Where all the green plush grass is is in the valley. Where all the flowers are and all the trees and all the life. There's a reason why people build in the valleys and they don't build on the top of the mountain. Because you can't plant no corn on top of that mountain. Right. Amen? you got to get down there where the good soil is, where the good ground is. We're praying our way out of the blessings of God. We're saying, Lord, get me out of the valley. But David didn't say, take me out of the valley. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen? Just be content. Just be. Be content where you are in the valley that you're walking and understand that God's got you down there so you can grow Amen. and so that you can be nurtured and that so you can help somebody else. Is that right? If we're up here, we're struggling to live. That's what's wrong with us. We all want to be elevated above what God has for us. We're trying to raise ourselves above the blessings of God. Come on, somebody. Amen? God's trying to bless us and we're trying to get away from it. All the while, we're running upside the mountain. God bless me. Bless me indeed, Lord. And we're running away from His blessings. Amen? Amen. Don't be such in, a, in such a hurry to get out of your current situation, as I said a couple times ago, that you miss the blessing in the situation. Amen? Amen. There's growth there. God's going to meet you in that valley. On the top of that mountain, that's you. You're all by yourself. Right, you walk away and you're trying to climb. See, the mountain is uphill, is it not? The climb is difficult. It's difficult. You can't get good footing. You wear your fingernails out. Right, you're struggling to get up. You get about halfway up and the rock turns loose and what happens? Down you go. And we get ourselves up, pity party, and we just start climbing again. Right, and we wonder to ourselves, God, why is it so hard? Why can't I ever get to the top of the mountain? Because that's not his goal for you. Doesn't the Bible say to be content with the things such as you have? Stay where you are and trust God. Amen? Trust God. Just be. Just be content. Just be a child of God. Don't try to be something else. You're extraordinary the way you are. Amen? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Because you are handmade by God. You are, let me just say it this way. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm going to say it. You have been built for a time such as this. Amen. Amen. Every single one of us in here today, every person that's ever lived, were built for what they're going to go through. In your DNA, God had you ready to face everything you're going to face. When you plug into Him, there's nothing you can't accomplish. Amen. Nothing. And you'll accomplish everything God has for you. Amen. Just be. 
Just be content with who you are in Christ. Amen? And follow him. Follow him. And everything's going to be all right. As that old song said, everything's going to be all right. Is that right? It's going to be okay. Just trust God, and he won't leave you. I promise you. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to forsake you. You're going to make it. But, man, we need real Christians. We need a real world. Right? People, people are struggling. And who are they going to turn to? Think about that. If all of us quit tomorrow, every child of God around the world, who would people turn to? You ever thought about it? You ever called somebody when you were in a tough, tough situation and they were a child of God? You, one of the first people you thought about calling was somebody that, that said they knew the Lord. Is that right? Who would you call? Ghostbusters? I don't know. Think about it. It's serious, is it not? We got to be, we got to be who you say we are. I'm going to pray. I keep talking. Heavenly Father, as I come before you tonight, I thank you, Lord, for your word and how powerful and how rich and how real it is. God, I truly believe with all of my heart you're calling out to every single one of us around this world to just be simply who you called us to be, to just put on the whole armor of God, to put on Jesus, not to be a put on, but to put on Jesus and to be who we say we are, to truly, truly do our best to live this word to the best of our ability, understanding, God, that we're fallible. We're going to make some mistakes, but that's why you came. You came to set the captive free, to forgive those who sin, and to help us not to make those same mistakes. You just need people that are willing to admit their frailty and to hold your hand and allow you, God, to lead. I pray, Lord, tonight for all of us and everybody watching tonight, Lord, and people around this world, I just pray that you would help us to be accountable. Help us, Lord, to be serious and sober-minded about our walk with you and what our purpose is here. Help us to be loving, kind, and merciful. Help us, Lord, to be evangelistic, to preach the word in season and out of season. Help us, Lord, to be long-suffering and very humble about our walk with you. Help us, Lord, to just be your children. Help us to be present and accounted for. Help us to be truthful. The truth, you said, God, is the only thing that sets us free and everybody else. Lord, I just thank you so much for all my brothers and sisters in Christ. And just thank you, Lord, for challenge, God, that you lay on all of our hearts every time we hear your word. It just reminds me, and I'm sure it does all of us, that we've got such a long way to go. We've only just begun in this journey. Without you, Lord, we'll never finish it. But with you, we'll accomplish everything you've said in front of us. Because you said all things are possible all things to those who love you and are called according to your purpose, your plan. So Lord, help us to leave here on a Wednesday night looking forward to tomorrow and the dawning of this weekend. God, help us to be the light to some lost soul tomorrow and give us the opportunity to tell them how you changed our lives that they too might experience this loving Jesus that died to change their world. And Father, we'll thank you for that and praise you for it, Lord. And we'll always point people to you for your glory and for your honor. God, we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' holy name tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, it's good to have you in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night.